Hi, and welcome to Toby and Friends, the virtual campfire for knowledge sharing. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Sadly, Confucius never had a podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to share knowledge with friends. No agenda, no sponsors, just coming up with solutions to the most pressing problems of our modern times. Do you have a question for Toby or his guests? Email tobyrookard at substack.com or put your question in the comments. Now, welcome to Toby and Friends. Hey, Torben, how are you? Hi, Toby. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Finally, the summer is arriving here in Switzerland. I have been looking forward to this forever. <laughs> yeah, finally. I was just back in Denmark two weeks ago and spring was, well, the first days of summer was showing. Uh, okay, well. good, good, yeah, good. Yeah. He, here it was raining. I, I, I can't tell you, you know, like it was raining like anything for the past two weeks. And I, I was actually, we were planting a, a small garden and I was hoping, you know, um, we, we would uh, grow some vegetables by now. But I think, you know, a, a hydroponic system would have been better <laughs> to, to to actually grow it inside. Yeah. So yes, for sure. Yeah. Anyway. In the winter, especially. So look, it, it's great to reconnect after so many years. Uh, perhaps for the listeners, uh, uh, Torben and I, we met uh, nearly a decade ago in Singapore, and we were both into um, all sorts of unified communications, messaging, and so on. That It was just when I started uh, UIB there. And um, and uh, Torben, you told me at the time uh, that that you are into something completely new, um, which eventually meant, you know, that people could grow their vegetables in in their in their own home, and I found that very intriguing at the time. But I, but I didn't obviously see the vision that that you had back then. But I tell you what, during the first lockdown, I realized um, actually, Thorman had a good idea. So, <laughs> what what has <laughs> happened in the in the past eight or ten years in in that field? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you and I were in. IT back in the day, right? And um, we were doing the unified inbox and I was doing social media software stuff as well. And yeah, I switched over and I started to grow my own food in Singapore. That's really how the whole journey started. We um, wanted to learn how to grow food on our balcony in Singapore. Um, that's how it started. My journey, maybe uh, yeah, back in 2013, 14, 15, those years, we... Um, incorporated our business in those back in, the, in those days. So I've got now eight years of just thinking about nothing else but the hydroponic market and growing food at home. And so there has been so many changes since we started this business, no doubt. For sure, I, I think I had a vision that one day we would have to, we would have to come up with better ways to get access to nutrition. Uh, living in Singapore, we import 95% of uh, all fresh produce and you know there are there's no farming space and also the climate here is really difficult to farm in and so that basically means that for us people living here in Singapore it means that you know really nice tomatoes are very expensive at the supermarket and that was really what led me to think about how I could make a change for me and my family first right it wasn't a business idea it was like how do I solve this problem for me? Mm -hmm. So, so basically, um, there's two main reasons. One, one was the health aspect, I guess. You know, I, I guess yeah. the moment you import things, um, you know, probably by the time they they end up on your uh, on your table, they're not necessarily 
having the same level of vitality or vitamins, let's put it this way. That's one. And the second thing is obviously they get more expensive, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, the nutritional part of it is really um, kind of in invisible to the consumer. I didn't know that back then that when food has been harvested, uh, like let's say tomatoes, and they are then, you know, spent two weeks before, you know, on doing transportation and cold storage and getting into the supermarket shelves, getting back to your fridge and then made into a salad that can be, you know, 10 days, two weeks before it's eaten. I did not know, but you're right. Most of the nutrition is gone by then. And it's even worse in leafy greens like basil and salads and stuff like this. Uh, from the minute it's picked on, you know, the, the clock is ticking and the nutrition kind of just disappears over time. I think um, there are two aspects to the nutrition, if if I may. I mean, it, it's mm -hmm. been a while, but I remember my wife once. Uh, she did a research uh, work uh, in her in her school. It's 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 actually twenty years back already, and um, and and the research was around not necessarily the nutritional value in terms of vitamins, minerals, and and so on. Um, you you could argue, you know, that the moment you freeze stuff and you know you defrost it, it that's still there. Um, you know, but uh, there is also a component of vitality. Uh, I think the research at the time was around biophotons or from Professor Fritz Albert Popp. I, I don't know the, the details. I would have to look into it again. I probably will write a separate article about it sometime. But I think there is an element of that. Um, you know, the more time it takes uh, for the produce to, you know, to end up on your plate, um, certainly the less vitality it will have. And perhaps that, again, translates uh, to one aspect of nutrition also, right? Sure. I mean, vitality also from the point of view of how delicious the plant looks, you know, it, it's, um, you know, a lot of produce doesn't look very good once it's been stored for days and it doesn't really have any, yeah, maybe vitality is the right, right description of it. But um, yeah, so when we started growing our own food, what I realized quickly was that uh, it tasted very differently. Uh, and one big shocker was actually rocket salad or rugula mm -hmm. that I love. It's one of my favorite salads. And, mm -hmm. um, and you know, you get it on pizza sometimes as well. Um, and it has this nutty taste. And yeah. that's really all. Uh, but when you grow it yourself... It's like, oh my God, it's, uh, it still has the same nutty taste, but it's almost as spicy as wasabi at the same time. It can be extremely like peppery and, and just fantastic. And actually, um, actually yeah. my dad, he, he built in his, in his home, he built like, a, like an outside uh, house, you know, to grow vegetables. And we, and we grew a lot of uh, uh, specifically rucola there. I can totally uh, totally confirm what you just said yeah i mean it right. is like yeah. very spicy and but obviously very delicious yeah yes so um yeah so that's that really goes through all of the plants that we grow so since we i started my journey on becoming an urban gardener uh, and until today we have you know learned so so much and there's no you know gardening is not complicated everyone can do it but you know, starting this business and this journey in Singapore, where there is no gardening culture, has was was mm -hmm. a real, real eye opener in the sense that I quickly realized that we had to not just come up with a good product, but we had to come up with like a guide on how to help people get started with this. 
And the aim was literally to make sure people get some success early on, because if you, if you decide to grow some, some food at home and you have success with it, you get very excited and you want to do more of it. If, if you have, if you fail early on, many people are discouraged mm -hmm. and they say they have a black thumb and they don't want to try again. And if they bought a product, you know, uh, whether, whether it was a shovel or some parts or it was an aerospring system, um, they would sometimes regret that purchase, right? Because it doesn't work. And, um, so how that's, do you, that's when we, yeah, go on. So how do you give them the impression that they have a green thumb? I mean, what, what, what do you do? Like, um, I mean, obviously, you know, a system is a system. Okay. Uh, and there are many systems. I mean, um, I think there are the aspects of, of, you know, watering, there's the aspects of what light, uh, you know, there are, there yes. are so many aspects, obviously, which after, you know, almost 10 years, you, you probably um, ha have a thing or two to share. But what is the, like, for example, if, if I started now, how long mm -hmm. does it take me to get my first cherry tomatoes, just as an example? Well, if you want to grow a, a tomato, it will probably take you 90 days from when you start until you have the first tomato, um, mm -hmm. and depending on the variety. Mm -hmm. But you you also ask you know how do you how do you ensure that people feel like they have a green thumb? It's it's mm -hmm. really not hard. You just have to make sure that when they start on their journey, that they get off on the on the right track. Mm -hmm. So when that and that is why we we spend a lot of time supporting our customers. So after you buy a system from us, you are you join this community that we manage. It's a, like on Facebook. And we encourage you to go in there. And we also write a lot of things about what are the basics? How much sun do you need for the outdoor system for it to work? And if you are really try to consult with customers before they buy the system from us, and if they don't have the, let's say they don't have a balcony with any direct sun, I tell them not to buy my system because it's not going to work. So the key is to get them off to a good start, right? And mm -hmm. uh, now we have an indoor system as well, so more and more people can try. So the ones that didn't have a balcony, you know, came to us when we launched the indoors and now did. So the key is we, we give you the first set of plots with the system. And that means that you're already over the hardest part of what people have to learn. It's actually from seed to seedling that where people fail 90% mm -hmm. of the time. Once you have a seedling, which means a plant that's approximately five centimeters tall, it sprouted and it's got some roots. Um, then you just pop it into a system and they're very strong and it will grow quickly. And within 30 days to 45 days, you're harvesting your first big harvest. And that is when, when you have grown the first plant to harvest and you are super excited, you have taken some Instagram photos of that salad, right? Now you are, now you are ready to also, you know, have a little bit of failure because failure is part of gardening as well. It doesn't always work everything you want to do. Mm. But if you start with failure, people give up. If you start with success, you can handle a bit of failure down the mm. road yeah, because now great. you know the system. Yeah. Now you, now you're over the doubt, you know, it works. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, so on that, I mean, you started with, with the outdoor one. Um, actually, when you compare the, the outdoor with the indoor models, do you see a different type of yield? Um, so in practical terms, yes. And the, but but that, that is only because there are much fewer variables 
when you're growing indoors. So when you're putting it in your living room and it's 25 degrees Celsius, right? Or up to 30 degrees right. is fine. Then, and you turn on the system, it automatically irrigates the plants. It automatically feeds the plants. It automatically turns the lights on for the right amount of time. And the lights are at the right distance for the plants. So they get everything they need and therefore they just grow. And it's almost like you put them in and you can harvest them two weeks later. If you're growing outside, you some days have rain, some days you have wind, and uh, one day for sure you will also have some, you know, uh, aphids or some white fly on your chili plants or, you know, there's, there's stuff happening on the outdoor system that you eliminate when you're growing indoors. So just because of the lesser variables, um, you, you have a more predictable yield and more steady yield. Okay. But the outdoor can grow as much if the if the conditions are correct, right? So technically speaking, indoor it's more controllable. I get it, but obviously you don't have the the beauty of of and the power of of sunlight uh, indoors. Typically speaking, but yes, it's more controlled. I get that. Um, but yes. are you actually saying that indoors uh, you you potentially have more yield than outdoors? Um, so. Where I have the most experience to compare would be here in Singapore, right? And I have grown for many years outdoors, and I still do. And I would say outdoors, uh, when the the system is well taken care of, it's got the right amount of sunlight. There's there's it's difficult to beat the sun, right? The sun is powerful, and you can really grow some yes vigorous vigorous plants outside, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, Def definitely, right? Um, when it comes to, so I would say like kale and big basil plants and also, you know, other plants, they could benefit from that extra sun. But if you can give, um, you know, the overall health of the plant is better on the inside because there's always too much heat in Singapore. There's almost sometimes too much sun and they, they kind of get stressed out the plants. And mm -hmm. so when that mm -hmm. happens, they can slow down their growth mm -hmm. for a, mm -hmm. a few days or something. So I would say... I have come to enjoy myself using the indoor system uh, mostly. If I had a choice, yeah, and because also the taste, the flavor of the plants is is it's almost. I mean, there's really. It's not like you're thinking, oh, this one, I, it's definitely grown indoors. It doesn't taste like the outdoor one. You you never think like that when you you use the indoor system. So it's it's consistent also uh, in, in that sense. Now that's very interesting. So to just a mm. couple of points, uh, if you see the lighting. Um, I think most of the systems that I've come across, they are actually using some kind of uh, full spectrum um, lighting system. I mean, this is something I'm quite familiar with. One of my first companies that I started was yeah. was called Viva Light. It, it, it was manufacturing a full spectrum um, lights in the form of LEDs, tubes, uh, and so on. But um, essentially, we also realized at the time that depending on the plant, um, it's not one spectrum uh, fits all it's, types, right? right. So, yeah. So, yeah. so, so, how do you manage this one? Given the fact that there are different plants that you're you're essentially growing, right? Mm -hmm. It's a good, very good question, and and I can also elaborate that further over into the nutrition of the plants because there's also typically uh, typical differences uh, in in what you feed the different types of plants. But let's start with the light. So. Um, 
I am not a, you know, a scientist at all. So I have just tested uh, many different LED light manufacturers. And I start also the ones that are blue and red, and, you know, back in the day. Um, and the spectrum that I go for, there is, there is such a thing as a general spectrum, right? Where you have um, something that approaches the sun's spectrum very much, right? And where you have all the main colors, including green, but the green is definitely depressed down uh, kind of to save to save energy costs because you don't need a lot of green uh, color in there but i would say you know i have changed led light manufacturers uh, once since i launched the system and when i got these new diodes and to be straight up basically what i got is horticultural diodes is now a thing so in the past there was no such thing as diodes designed for plant growth absolutely today, I, I, I totally yeah. know yeah absolutely yeah. so so today there is right so samsung i think started this now every manufacturer out there has got a series of diodes that are designed for horticultural use and i use a combination of two brands of horticultural diodes to achieve a spectrum that is no kind of it's not secret i've kind of just gone for for what you call i think it's about if you look at the kelvin it's about four thousand kelvin uh, but the, it has a specific spectrum and um, that and so i tested it up against my previous generation lines and what i found was i tested not just the growth rate as in the weight harvested uh, compared mm -hmm. between mm -hmm. two systems but I also did a blind taste test on all of the, very interesting. the plants. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And and it was surprising because um, we I tested the old lights and then two versions of my new lights. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the, the version of my new lights, they clearly want the new lights, both in taste and in also growth and, and like scoring on different things. Um, but what was interesting was the flavor was different. It was clearly different between the, the different lights. Um, so you you can sort certainly form flavors and stuff, and so coming back to when we're selling a system to grow everything you want to grow from tomatoes to salads to rosemary and you know and even cannabis people grow in the lab. so how but am I only in Singapore? <laughs> no, for sure not. That would be for sure not. That would be a bit bit problematic. Yeah. Yes, but we our biggest market is, is the the US market. Seventy percent of my revenue is there, and over there we sell these systems uh, also for medicinal plants use. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um, I think I think let's put this straight. It is for med medicinal purposes only. Yeah, I think. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So anyway, the but, um, but I mean, I'm I'm more interested in the culinary side. I mean, obviously, I have uh, a strong interest generally in medical plants. I mean, independent of what it is now. But um, I think we we just uncovered another aspect. I mean, one is the uh, th that the light spectrum actually specifically determines uh, a taste outcome. So most likely, it determines a nutritional yes. outcome. And to our earlier point of the biophotons or perhaps the angstroms, etc., um, maybe there is a don't want to call it an energetic outcome. Let's call it a vitality outcome as well, uh, depending on the on the light spectrum. Very interesting indeed, and and um, probably deserves a, a proper research project to to figure this out in in due course. If it's not yet been done, it has. I mean, it is being done by uh, by all of these companies. They are testing different spectrum, and there's no doubt. There is no doubt that you can optimize. Uh, for instance, the yield, the flavor, the texture from 
a single plant by tuning the light, but also tuning the nutrient solution that you're providing these plants, right? But if in a general sense, there is a middle of the road kind of approach, both when it comes to nutrients and when it comes to LED grow lights, which I have taken, and I have yet to receive any criticisms for problems with growing any specific type of plant, but I'm not optimized to any of them, right? So that's kind of the price that you pay, but I think a middle of the road nutrients and middle of the road type of LED grow lights yeah. for people who want to grow food at home is, is the right approach in my opinion. So, okay. So yeah, I, I get that. I, th I think that makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. And maybe nightshade plants, you know, have a certain property in terms of light spectrum that they like versus versus other plants, but, um, and, and yep. the same could hold true for the, for the nutrition that you give the plants itself, by the way, just because I'm a musician and, and I know about all the studies, you know, with, for example, with cows, uh, uh, they give diff different milk if, if you play music, etc. Have you, have you ever considered, you know, uh, playing music with the plants or did, do you know of any studies that they grow differently? I've heard that too. And I've, I also know that some people play music for their, in their plant farms, for the same, mm -hmm. you know, positive reasons in plant growth and, and health. Look, I kind of think it's true. Um, I think that if you love a plant and if you take good care of it, and you like in your aerospring, you can tell these customers who, who care for their systems, they just look better. But I think most of that, you know, maybe there is a bit of magic there, but most of it is that if you care about yeah. it and you pay a little bit of attention, generally you see those tiny problems that are evolving and you prevent them from escalating and therefore you just have a much better looking garden. Yeah. I, I think care almost translates to, a, I would say, an intuitive feeling before the error occurs. <laughs> so, yes, because right? your observation yeah, yeah. is more sharp, right? And and from that point onwards, you know, you you naturally take care of of problems at an early stage when they're probably still still easy. And I think the feeling is also not to be underestimated. I mean. We, we we all have sensors whether somebody likes it as, uh, likes likes us when they talk to us or look at us or whether the opposite is the case or who is there to tell that a, a plant might not have some sensors we don't know of today um, but in in future we, we might discover it I mean who knows right I mean uh, yeah. it's magic or not um, you know science is always uh, uh, developed on the edge and not necessarily. Uh, established with what is already there. So, um, yeah, anyway, I, I think that that's going to be very interesting. Now, um, <clears throat> what are the typical plants that you recommend uh, to, to grow if you want to have a relatively high yield? Well, the easiest plants to grow with the highest yield in the shortest time is probably lettuce, salads, mm -hmm. because from from seedling to harvest is about 25 to 35 days and you are literally going from a little sprout up to 200 300 grams of lettuce um i have a i have a time lapse that i used for a kickstarter campaign once and i did a i was going to do a 60 day time lapse but i stopped it after mm -hmm. 30 days because it was fully grown and it just it looks almost unreal when you watch salad grow in, in a time lapse. It's, it grows five, six centimeters a day, and it grows faster and faster the bigger the roots become inside, right? So it's like progressive. It just accelerates. So in 30 days, you can have 5.4 kilos of salad on a single aerospin garden. That's a lot, and that's like that's really something that impresses people. So when I start them off, I always give them 
a good amount of lettuce, maybe six or seven, and then some some kale that takes about 45 days to reach harvest size some basil takes about 45 days as well um and you know uh, a, a few herbs like a, a rosemary can sit in your system for two or three years it grows mm. quite slow but mm -hmm. after a few months you have plenty for you know uh, a lamb roast uh, you don't need that much every time right yeah and i think you know it, it's one of those uh, i mean uh, specific herbs which which you don't need like a, a huge quantity of. I mean, like you said, I mean, you can probably once it's there, you can use it for two or three years. I mean, quite, yeah. like almost like in a uh, recycling mode, <laughs> so to speak. But um, uh, one thing I want to understand is if 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 you think about the seedling, right? I mean, uh, if people are not familiar to to grow things from seeds to seedling, um, mm -hmm. then that can cause quite a lot of grief i mean as you correctly pointed out earlier i think um but are people eventually able you know to to use the system um and 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 perhaps you know from the yield uh, get the get get own seeds uh, uh, back i mean do you know okay. anybody you... who does that like in a 360 degree angle i mean if you have uh, tomatoes for example you know there are seeds inside the tomatoes uh, why can well, you not... Try them yeah, and, you, you know, you certainly you certainly can, and um, you know we sell seeds and we also sell seedlings, and um, so we buy seeds from all over the world. We we pack them, we sell them, but we also grow certain chilies that are um, heirloom. So that means that we actually grow them in our office. We hold we hold the seed the and we take the seeds out and plant them again. So we do that ourselves. You certainly can. And it's fun to do. Just be mindful that a lot of the produce that you buy at the supermarket are hybrids. So mm -hmm. they that means that if you get a nice tomato from the supermarket and you want to get the seeds out, you can. And you can grow them and they will most probably sprout. But you may not get the same tomato quality as the one that you just ate at the supermarket because it's a hybrid. So it's probably better to buy seeds just for that reason so that you get what you want. Uh, but there, you know, as I said, we we harvest a lot of seeds ourselves, even from tomatoes that we buy that are true to seed. That's what they're called. Or oh, true to seed. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but if you would uh, have access, for example, to ancient seeds, uh, I, I I know some people, you know, they collect them for years, and I mean, there's a whole debate around. I think it's even governed. There's even there are even some government agencies. I'm I'm not entirely sure that 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 govern who has access to which seeds and and you know and where they are stored and so on i don't even know if you need any permission but suppose you had access to these seeds and you could you could grow seedlings and you could get the the fruit uh, or the vegetables and then you could again obviously um create seeds uh from yes. fruit, right i mean there's no reason exactly. why you could not have a, a 360 degree uh, cycle no, and you certainly can. Um, you certainly can. So you you would just, if you wanted like basil seeds, for instance, we have done that. So then you just leave one of your basil plants on the pole, you let it fully flower. And, um, you know, once you have it's fully flowered, you kind of just cut the tops off and dry them out. And you can get thousands of seeds from one plant. No problem. Mm -hmm. Easy. I think then then the challenge will be now if I if I think this through, um, 
I mean, let's take the lettuce, for example, because you mentioned this as an example. It's, mm -hmm. it's not a full meal, right? Obviously, I mean, for some people, probably it is. But if I look at myself, it's probably not. It's, 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 a, it's a meal to a meal. Let's put it this way for me. So yes. um, if, so suppose I'm alone, right? How many systems do I need um, in my home if I want to only live of them? Is it possible? That's my question, I guess. Uh, yeah, it certainly is possible. I mean, the way, so you let's say that you can grow about five kilos from one system in one month, right? In one month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just on average, right? So that's, you know, 50, 60 kilos a year. That's pretty probably what they grow so you would want to grow some um, you would want to grow some maybe some melons or some pumpkins you would want to grow i'm talking about indoor and outdoor yeah it doesn't matter um you could grow tomatoes and all of your herbs zucchinis yeah you you, you could uh, i i don't know how many kilograms of produce a single person needs per month to sustain him or herself but i would imagine a couple of systems would do it. I mean, you might, you definitely survive a long time, whether or not you would enjoy the food. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you, you're talking about a single person, two systems, which gives you roughly 10 kilos of uh, uh, fresh produce per month, right? Yeah, and that's about, is that about 300 grams per day? Or, you know, that, that's what, that's about... exactly what, what I'm getting it. So that's about 300 yeah. grams a day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah so I mean, nine kilos more. Yeah, two systems would do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, you know, sometimes when, when we venture into these things, you know, they all look nice, but, you know, at the end of the day, there are a lot of work. At least uh, it's not like, you know, uh, it all does it on its own, but in your system, I guess it, it does a lot on its own. Um, but uh, but I, I just want to give the listeners uh, an impression that this could actually be really not only worth their time, uh, but also worth the health and and ultimately um, also worth uh, uh, you know the the budget <laughs> because I mean uh, that's originally what you started with right I mean uh, you know food was growing uh, more expensive literally growing yes. more expensive and um, and you wanted to do something about it and I think um, with the inflation that we currently have in the world I guess a lot of people are thinking about ways and means you know to again grow their own food I mean my grandmother always. She grew up in, in Eastern Europe, uh, in a part of the Czech Republic now. Um, I'm from Germany originally. So, you know, after the Second World War, the entire family came over to Germany. And they essentially, um, first thing they did is they started to, they had nothing, right? So they started to grow their own yeah. food. And, 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 and we as, as, as kids saw that and, uh, and we thought, you know, nowadays you get everything in the supermarket. So once I asked her, why are you doing this? And she said, well, um, you know, this keeps us independent and you have no idea how much every month we are saving and um, so from that point of view I can totally relate to your origins but I think it's also a very timely thing for people to do now um, given the cost the right uh, the, the cost explosions I would almost say as well as the health aspect you really know what it is that you're growing and what goes into it absolutely absolutely and uh, yeah, you know, during COVID, we saw a huge uptake in sales because all of a sudden it became real, right? You you went to the yeah. supermarket and there there wasn't any, that it was empty, and I think people got they had a wake up call, and that combined with the lockdown where people were having now to work at home, 
um, just meant that we saw an explosion in sales that has kind of lasted all throughout uh, 2020, 21, 22. And we are beginning to see a post-COVID world now with, um, but I would say a lot of habits that were born under COVID that are, let me say, beneficial for, for Aerospring, uh, they still persist, you know, so there's a lot more, there's a lot more attention to where our food is coming from now. Um, we see in Singapore more and more local people becoming gardeners. You're right. Mm -hmm. This is not. We. I, I don't sell a machine that grows food, right? I sell the joy of gardening. I would say that there's definitely important that people spend at least, you know, five minutes three times a week on a system, um, because then it it it's 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 great. But you can't expect just to leave it in the corner for thirty days and come over and harvest. Well, I mean, that's look, not, this, this that's completely understood. I think there's another angle to it from an educational point of view. I mean. We were when I was a, a kid, we were making fun of 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 you know kids who didn't know um, not making fun, but you know we were wondering. Let's put it this way: how how could other kids not know where milk is coming from? I mean, I remember one instance where we had a exchange uh, student from from the US over, and and that kid uh, really said uh, milk is coming from the supermarket, and we said, hold on. I'm, I come from a village, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's not coming from the supermarket. No, no, it comes from the supermarket, it's made there. No, it's not. It comes from a cow. What is a cow? I mean, people know what is a cow, but, you know, <laughs> how does it get out yeah. of there? And so, so I think there's a whole educational aspect to how food is grown and, yes. uh, and, 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 you know, and also to have a little bit of a respect how it ends up on our plates, not just for the people who work on it, but for, for nature itself. So I think it, if it's not within schools where, in, in my opinion, this should be in every school in the world or in every university, perhaps in every office, if there is a kitchen anyway, right? Um, but, yeah. you know, if that's not the case, if the, if the family can afford it, it's probably a great educational system for, for parents to, to teach their kids uh, a, a lesson uh, about sustainability in life that they cannot find in any of the theoretical uh, 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 MBAs out there, right? I mean, it, it's a different thing whether whether you put the seedling and and pluck the uh, tomato, uh, and finally eat it, um, versus you know uh, just reading all the statistics uh, about what nature, uh, what other people think nature needs, right? Yeah, I mean, in Singapore and worldwide, there has also in schools. Uh, there's a lot of systems. Twenty five percent of my revenue in the US goes to schools. This is something I found out in hindsight by looking at where our Amazon orders are sent to. And I realized that about 25% of um, the, the, the revenue in terms of dollars is actually going to educational institutions in America. We are maybe 40 schools now in Singapore as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's fantastic to see because it's really the kids, you know, as I said, there's no gardening culture in Singapore yeah. and these are the middle-aged people that I'm selling to, but the kids that are growing up now, hopefully will have a better understanding where our food comes from exactly. and also the yeah. ability to actually grow some, right? Yeah. I, I mean, that, that would also be my wish uh, uh, for the present, not for the future, because I think that will also be needed when you see how uh, some large conglomerates buy up all the agriculture land globally and um you know and how we are not under control 
um, what goes into our food, uh, you know, what's part of the food you think you're eating, what's actually all there. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I mean, look, uh, Torben, it was a real, real pleasure. Um, thank you for all uh, for sharing all the all the details of of your journey. And if you have the video, you know how the how fast the plant grows uh, under uh, under a speedy uh, uh, camera. I would love to see that. Uh, maybe I can embed it in the post as well. Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll find that for you and send it to you. It's super. Uh... And if you have uh, no, a discount no code for the listeners, if they want to buy a system, please share. I'd be happy to forward that to them. Yes, I'm going to send you a discount code that you can put up uh, okay, as, cool. as we discussed. And um, I, I don't have it like I can rattle it off now, but we'll come up with a code. Yeah, no, or you no. can decide what code you want as well. And then we can put it up so that people can get a nice discount if they choose yeah, to. Yeah. Sure, to if one they of take the time to listen, I, let, let them let them have a benefit on that side as well. Okay, cool. Torben, thanks so much. Um, I hope all is well in Singapore. And um, yeah, I, I look forward to speaking with you again soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Toby, for this. Uh, have a good day. Talk Take to you care. Soon. Take care. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining this episode of Toby and Friends. Have a question? Want to share your knowledge? Let us know in the comments. And a reminder, premium subscribers get access to all Toby and Friends videos. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Toby and Friends.